Welcome to Cheers to Home Ownership. Cheers, guys. I'm Amy Trim. I'm a loan officer here in Washington State. And I'm Kathleen Facey. I'm a realtor here in Washington State as well. And really, this podcast is everything to do about home ownership. Everything. Everything. So it could be buying a home, whether it's your first home, second home, or forever right. home. Mm-hmm. It could be selling. Yes, it could be selling. It could be once you're in the home, how to take care of the home, just right. everything, all home ownership. That's right. And we're going to be interviewing all the professionals that go into either buying, selling, or refinancing a home. We're also going to be interviewing, you know, professionals that can help you as a homeowner. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. We like to have a lot of fun. We also teach home buyer classes together. We do. So, yes. It's been and eight years now. I know. Last month, right? It's crazy. We've done 146 classes together in eight yeah, years. That's amazing. Think right? about all the people we've gotten the opportunity to help. That is, that is so cool. It's very rewarding. Yes. So we decided to start this podcast to do the same you know, right. help people, but expand it beyond just buying. Yeah. Yes. Especially, well, also in our workshop, you know, we've been doing this again for eight years and we found that there's so much we try and get in like 20, what is it? 23, 24 benchmarks within 23, 23 benchmarks within a time frame. Yeah. And I like to, I have to actually shut Amy down <laughs> at the end of the time frame because she could go on and on and on because there's so much more we can share. Absolutely. So we decided this podcast cast is going to be so awesome, so much fun, and we can go diving deeper into everything, everything. all things homeownership. That's right. And expanding beyond buying. Yes. So let's get into it. What is today all about? Well, the first episode, if you haven't listened to it, is all about the very first start, step in buying a home, which is finding your two home buying team captains. Right. We talked about that all the the professionals involved in uh, your personal transaction, in your home buying journey, we call them players. And the captain and the co-captain are the most important to pick. And we also talked about who you should pick first between the realtor and the loan officer. And not that she's any cooler than Mm. me. Who could that be? It's me. Yes. The loan officer. Loan officer is the first. And Amy's going to explain why. Well, just because not only are we cool, but (laughs) loan officers have to pre-approve you so that we can give you the budget that you qualify for and the type of loan program so that you can have fun with the real estate agent. Yes. The realtor. (laughs) And then we can get out there and start showing you homes. That's right. In your price range that matches your type of financing. Yes. And your budget. That's oh Yes. So important. We don't want to fall in love with a home we don't qualify for. Right. Okay. So let's dive into after you find your home buying team captain, the loan officer, what do we do? with the loan officer. Well, we get pre-approved. That that step in the pre-approval process is what we're going to get into today. So first we need to find the loan officer. And in the first episode, we talked about that, getting referrals, finding them in a home buyer class or even a right. podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we vet them online. 
We find out all about them and what they do, what people are saying about them. We interview them. We talked about what questions to ask and then what good qualities to look for. And so once you find that loan officer, realize that there are three types of lenders, loan companies. So not just the loan officer, but the company they work for. There are three types. And these are so important to know. Yes. The first type are banks and credit unions, and they've been around forever. That's the original mortgage. You walked in, shake your banker's hand. The walk OG. Out with, yeah. And walk <laughs> out with a pot of gold and pay them back over a certain period of time. That used to be a mortgage. So that pot of gold, you could buy a house and live in it and pay it back each month and you're good to go. Well, technology happened and specialties you know, came into play. So we have two other types of mortgage companies out there other than banks and credit unions. The second type are online mortgage brokers that shop for you and all the different banks that you qualify for. And then the third, which is a hybrid between the two, is a mortgage banker. And so the mortgage banker has the best of both worlds. They are a mortgage bank, so they can do the loan themselves and they can underwrite the loan, which we're going to talk about what that means in a minute. And, <laughs> and then also they have the ability to shop for you with all the different options that you qualify for. So again, we have the most tools in our tool belt as a mortgage banker for our clients. So Kathleen, as a real estate agent, when you are representing the seller this time, think about this. When you're reviewing offers from, let's say you have multiple offers on the same listing, and mm -hmm. what what does it look like when you are vetting the pre-approvals? So sometimes those offers will be com completely different mm -hmm. and things will make sense. Um, but even if they do, or they're, uh, they could be a lot of the same offer. They could be basically the same price or very close, mm -hmm. the same down payment, maybe the same type of financing, so really what's important is not just that part of the offer, but it's who's the real estate agent and who is the loan officer. So that's when we'll start getting a little pickier of who that lending approval is with. Okay. And so when you look at banks and credit union pre-approvals, online mortgage brokers and mortgage bankers, which one do you kind of prefer or lean towards? I prefer to lean towards the mortgage banker because I want to make sure, see, I feel that mortgage bankers, all they do is home loans. Yes. That's all they do. Yep. And so, and if the home loan doesn't close, then their company's not going to pay for that service. So right. then that loan officer doesn't get paid. So I feel like there's just a little bit more of a, uh, like accountability? Uh, accountability, or? yeah, because they want There's that to the happen. Line. There's yes, definitely more on the line, but they're also a lot more flexible because they we can get a hold of them through their cell phone. Mm -hmm. They usually will text, email, and pick up their phone. Mm -hmm. Um, and they usually will work nights and weekends. And that's where we've found that most of our clients, there is that exception, but most of our clients want to look at homes, offer on homes, and need additional services from their lending on nights and weekends. So that flexibility is incredible. So we look at that because we want to make sure that, you know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, banks, of course, they have great financing. They, you, you know, you can get a great interest rate, although mortgage bankers can shop. So they can do that for you too. Yep. But we know that our clients sometimes have relationships with their bankers. And so they want to use their banker. 
But I can't tell you how many times mm -hmm. we try to get a hold of that banker, mm -hmm. that loan company, that loan officer, and we have trouble with getting a hold of them. They don't text, so we've got to talk every time, which sometimes becomes a burden because, you know, we could be running and we just want to know a quick, quick answer to something. Right. So, um, the flexibility of the time also that they're available, sometimes they're, they're nine to five. Right. Well, that makes things really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You have to wait till Monday to talk to them. Yeah. And, and then hope they're working on Monday. Right. Is that their day off? Right. Oh. And so then there's that concern of, are they really going to be available to answer questions so we know what steps we're in in the process. Are we going to make that closing date? Do they really even care? True. Is this that we make a transaction that date? or is this a relationship also right. that they care about? So true. Good points. Thank you. So as a real estate broker, a realtor, preferring the mortgage banker, yes. we want to look for loan officers that work for a mortgage banker. Um, so tends to loan officers tend to have more experience when they work at, at mortgage bankers. Yeah. Um, we start out at a banker credit union, entry level loan officers, we get trained, and then we eventually all end up at a mortgage banker. That's so true. <laughs> so when you were a loan officer, did you work at a mortgage banker? I did. Yes. yes. I've actually did, well, I did the the, the um, latter two. So I was a broker and then I worked for a mortgage banker. I love the mortgage banker um, piece so much more. And being on that side, it just was nice because we had so much more that we could do for our clients. Oh, it's so great. So now that we know the different types of loan companies and we found the loan officer and what to look for in them, what does the loan officer and the loan company look at in the buyer? So let's get into the pre-approval. So when we are pre-approving a client, we both pull credit and get the income and asset documentation, all your paperwork. And so the pre-approval step really starts with the application. And different loan companies have different means that you can do that with, Loan officers, some of them will allow you to apply over the phone where they just take your data over the phone. Flexibility. Flexibility. And they all have an online secured portal, which is really convenient because then you can just apply at midnight. You can apply yeah. whenever it's convenient for you. You can save it, come back to it. And it captures all of your authorizations electronically. So it allows us to get your permission to pull credit verify employment, all that fun stuff that we need to do to get you pre-approved. It simplifies the, the simplifies, I'm having trouble talking, <laughs> simplifies okay. the process yes. for a prospective buyer. Yes, absolutely. And then some loan officers are available in person. Those are good interview questions you can ask up front. So the application process, we get all of your data and then we verify your credit and employment. So the job of the of the loan officer is the first set of eyes on your loan file. Okay, loan file, credit report, all your paperwork. They are the step that pre-approves you. They're your main point of contact. That's why they're your team captain. But there's a second set of eyes, the loan processor, on your loan file. They do some additional verifications. They verify your employment and income breakdown with the employer. They also verify your non-Latera's watch list. <laughs> hey! And they also make sure that there's no outstanding judgments against you. So that second set of eyes is really important. So 
the third set of eyes on the loan file can be done in two ways when it's a pre-approval. So there are two types of pre-approvals. One is an automated pre-approval. So basically the loan officer enters everything in and verifies, the processor verifies everything is accurate as best they can. And then they run a computer program, an underwriting program through that gives a decision. Is it an approval or a denial? And then there's the second set, which is a live person underwriting the file. So you have a real person looking at everything, and they're the actual ones who make that final decision after you find the home. So you're doing so much of that legwork up front when you have a fully underwritten pre-approval. So again, as an agent, Kathleen, Yes. If you have pre-approvals that are automated versus fully underwritten pre-approvals, which do you prefer for clients? The fully underwritten, because I know then that the T's have been crossed, the I's have been dotted, and it's looked at more than just a computer. It's yeah. looked at by an underwriter. That's right. So, you know, there's just, it's just more legit. It is. And also sometimes things can be inputted incorrectly, yes. right? And, or they just, sometimes there's just this little extra area where when you have a person involved, they can look at something and they can determine, hmm, if I have a little more information, can I help them with maybe a better program or a better approval? Right. Yes, absolutely. So they can catch the little errors that fall through the cracks on an automated. So when you're talking to the loan officer and applying with them, ask them, is this an automated pre-approval or is this a fully underwritten with an actual person? And that application process and the verification process with the processor where we actually get the employment and income breakdown, that's such a key important part of a pre-approval to know how accurate it, it is. So the more experience the loan officer and the processor have up front of doing the numbers right in the beginning will prevent accidents and slip-ups and surpri bad surprises later in the process. There's nothing worse than thinking you're pre-approved shopping for a house, getting under contract, right. and then it all falling apart once it gets to the live underwriter. And it can happen. Um, I have a, a real estate agent that I know, and she does a lot of great business. Well, there was this little situation just last month where there was a couple offers and she called up the loan officer, which is super important as a real estate agent for us to call and vet that loan officer and check on the type of approval, but she didn't realize to check not only are they pre-approved, but dive a little deeper. So one big tip I can tell you is make sure your real estate agent is really having more conversation with that loan officer versus just looking at the pre-approval. Yeah. So she said to the loan officer, are they approved? And the loan officer said, yes, I've worked with these people many times before. They have great credit. They have great income. And, and definitely they can buy whatever they want. What she didn't ask was, have you looked at all of their things, their income and their assets and their credit recently? Oh, man. They had not. Oh, no. They had not. So they really were not even pre-approved. They were pre-qualled. Oh no, which you can do online yourself now as a buyer. Yeah. You can pre-qualify yourself, which is scary because people don't know how the loan 
minimum loan rule guidelines require income to be calculated. So unfortunately, that transaction did not go through. And then, um, and, you know, it did, it it did fall apart because there was a lot of things that they could have probably taken care of, but they needed time. And yeah, so it wasn't going to happen happen on that certain circumstance. So that's, it's just so important to ask those additional questions and to use a loan officer that really does know what they're doing and really does take that extra time to get them fully underwritten. Right. Because not all loan officers are are equal out no. there. Just because they are a loan officer doesn't mean that they're really thorough and good with their numbers. I like to geek out on my numbers. I joke about this all the time, but oh, it yeah. is so true. And it's, it's just such a key component on being a good loan officer. Yeah. Really, really it is. But you know, when people are applying for pre-approval and they're trying to get pre-approved, sometimes it's not going to happen right then. Maybe they need to do a few steps first right, to be able to be pre-approved. So I always like to say, it's not a no. It's a when. It's a when. (laughs) When do I get to be pre-approved? So don't be discouraged when you apply initially. If the loan officer comes to you with a plan or what I call a prescription of specifically what you need to do in order to get pre-approved, don't be discouraged. It just is to make sure that nothing falls apart on the last minute. I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Yes, because so many people will get discouraged and uh-huh. and it's, you know, and, and sometimes there are little steps, sometimes there's big steps, but once you start this process, the end goal will still be the same. That's right. That's right. So checking with the pre-approval step as early on in the process as possible, even if you don't plan on, you know, buying in a year, uh, maybe a year or two down the road. It's okay. Yeah. Check early. See, okay, how much do I need to save? Well, and sometimes we've found, Amy, you can, (laughs) you can, um, Agree with me or not, but okay. I know we've found that there are some people that think, you know, I'm two to five years out from doing this. What they don't realize is they actually are ready now. I know it's crazy. And so they're just they're just scared. Yes. And and that's don't be scared. totally legit. You know, there's lots of emotions that go into being able to buy a house. Yes. People are afraid of hearing no. Right. So don't be afraid. It's a when. Yes. <laughs> That's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully they could, this gives you an idea of what that, you know, step, the pre-approval step looks like and what it involves when you are going to buy a house. Yeah. And stay tuned for future episodes on all the other steps and players or professionals that help along the way. We're going to have so much fun. That's right. Cheers to homeownership. Cheers, guys.